tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. Sponsoring, here we have the RC30. Just recorded a neat little riff on that uh, from a bad company, Feel Like Making Love, and there it is, just cycling it round now. And we can just come back to that, so that's cool. D. Kingpin with um, Lee Farmery, Ali, and Andy, and, uh, Andy Lever, oh. hi Andy. <laughs> that was awesome, awesome fun actually. Yeah, great fun. Yeah, yeah. I wish we what a band. I wish we could do more, and yeah. uh, we would like to do more gigs because it's uh, it's a, an unreal chemistry when you meet two guys who are yeah. as, as talented in their abilities as those two guys are. So, an honour to play with such players. Do you know what we should do? So I should record. I should record rock. that on an audio and chuck it out on the tune in tone up thing, and then uh, you never know. You never know what might happen. Anyway, um, so so I've come today asking for a you know relatively short lesson, I guess. Looking at the solo at the end of Bad Company, which Bad is, Companies feel like making loop, and that's why we've recorded that loop because that's yeah. essentially what it plays out at the end. But, you so know, we need to make a million dollars in rock and roll, folks. It's three chords and imagination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because status quo, they did that for 25 years. <laughs> Still doing it now. So we've got this loop recorded in here. Uh, the Boss RC30 loop station. Great, great bit of kit. You can just um, uh, chuck your phone in there uh, through a, an auxiliary in. And then you've got, um, this is going to the loop on one of the amps we've got here. And then the guitar just goes in over there. And that's everything you need. It's got um, a mic input, so it's great mm -hmm. for acoustic and singing and vocals and using a bit of percussion as well. Uh, and you can record stuff from uh, the Boss RC30 to your computer as well. I was going to say, Gary doesn't actually work for Boss, but it sounds, oh, sounds like he'd like sounds to. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> send, send another one. <laughs> we'll find a use for it. I haven't got it. a loop pedal. <laughs> I like one. Come on, Boss peeps. 
Right, anyway, uh, so that's that's the loop. You can then record over it in layers. So, for instance... Oh, parfait. Yeah, oh, I like parfait. Oh, <laughs> so, for yeah. instance, I could I could um, practice my, uh, my other thing, which was... Was uh, uh, that, wasn't it? That was a funny little part I sort of come up with come to up go with. along with it, with it yeah. Was. Oh, I missed it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah. Just a tad. Oh, that'll be blasting us out of this. <laughs> Since when is volume ever an issue? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Here you are. Here you are, lesson I think hopefully as well to give people a little insight into how to work stuff out yeah um transcribing that's kind of I mean when yeah. I was when I was a boy which as we all know was about six million years ago <laughs> <laughs> and I was learning guitar as you do well we've just looked at some recordings of yours that are probably older than most of well, our students well this is true um not me there you go you know, I, I did it the old-fashioned way. You know, yeah. like, cassettes rather than records were really the thing in the 80s until the kind of compact disc came down to a sensible price. Yeah. And so, you know, you'd get the cassette or whatever and hope it was in the same tuning as, you know, your guitar, and you would work out the songs. You know, I remember yeah. sitting there trying to work out Jimi Hendrix songs, and I had no idea that people tuned differently. Yeah. Uh-huh. No yeah. one told me. <laughs> news to me was, so I was sitting there thinking voodoo child in E flat 
Well, this guy's got a funny taste in keys. Yeah. Either that or he's a genius. It's one or the other. It's definitely got something to do with these, maybe. Well, yeah. But, you know, I just didn't realise at the no, time. No. And it, it was something I, that I, I didn't understand until later on. And, you know, you found yourself listening to all kinds of things. And, and you know, yeah. as, as things opened up to you. Yeah. And you started to understand that people do drop tune and people do use alternative tunings and all that sort of thing. Or different people with different styles might play scales in different places yeah depending on kind of like how their style is you know it all kind of leads the way to to understanding you know sort of what is what and I remember yeah. a light bulb moment where I've been teaching for quite a few years and somebody asked me to transcribe that pop track kiss me is it oh yeah and yeah, I yeah. recognized the open d chord straight know. away you know Possibly, quite possibly. I recognised the open D chord in it straight away, and I was like, "Ah, oh, right, yeah." All this work I've been doing over the years on like listening is finally paying off. Yeah, I am recognising things. Yeah, and it is the same as any other kind of practice, but it isn't. Yeah, it's like you know, if I if I sit here and I practice some, you know, do some sort of picking exercises or work on my sweet picking or anything, that technique should, hopefully, if I push the limits and keep going with it, it should grow and it should get better. Yeah. And I should work out what the problems are and work out the solutions. Yeah. Even if it's subconsciously. Do some fine-tuning, all that kind of thing, and exactly. slowly get there. And what I'm really gravitating towards here, what I'm, what I'm getting at, is when I was younger, the, the teaching aids that are available now, the yeah. free tabs online and stuff, they didn't exist. Yeah. You went down to your music emporium, you ordered a book, because I never had the one you want, which took like you know, at least a week to arrive, and you paid a lot of money for it to get the one song that you really want to know how that lick in bar yeah. hundred and thirty seven goes. Yeah, it was and an expensive uh, it, it was, was expensive, yeah. You know, or you sat there with the record yeah. and try to figure it out. Now, I think there's Good call to say that these days, I think we all rely on the tabs on the internet a lot. Mm. Maybe sometimes we rely on them a bit much. Yeah. I think sometimes the tabs, without doubt, lie to you. Yeah. Or they're not quite right, or they put things in the wrong position on the guitar. They're not all like that. But tabs, at best, really are a guide. There's some really Mm. good sites like Songster which you can access for free and it will play it back to you, which is a bit of a blessing, you know? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but the Ultimate Guitar does that as well, I think. But, mm. but also, I think yeah. I, I think there's a difference between a guitar teacher being asked to do something when he's really, really pushed for time. Yeah. And the pupil just not getting a chance to even play through it because he's had to kind of really listen hard just to get down the four bar, first four bars. Yeah. In which case, actually, that makes a fair... Shortcut. Yeah, a fair yeah. shortcut and a fair, a fair kind of thing to say, well, yeah, actually tap has its uses. There's a difference between that and having a really, really easy song that you should be able to pick up without too many problems. Do you really need to tap? It feels like making yeah. love. Yeah, 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 that's you right. Do yeah. maybe take up knitting. Yeah, 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 okay. Or just keep going with guitar folks if you're a beginner until knitting is not an option. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it's good sometimes to train our ears and to listen. Yeah. And also, there's not always tabs for everything. It's not an, an, an endless resource. You know, there's some stuff out there where 
there isn't a good tab. Or yeah. where someone's tabbed the intro, it's like, oh great, that's the first four bars, what about the other four minutes? I, I, mm-hmm. As you were talking there, I, I got <coughs> thinking about something that I was thinking of, that I read actually, about mm-hmm. uh, it's a, uh, a book called The Practice of Practice, which I really recommend, it's a okay. great book. And uh, he said something about um, songs which you can't play yet. If you start using like terms like difficult or that is difficult, then it will always be difficult, even when you know how to play it. It will still appear difficult to you because you've you've got that mindset of mm-hmm. something being hard. So he's trying to use terms like unfamiliar. So songs that you don't yet know. Yeah, psychological thing, yeah. And it's quite cool. And uh, listening to what you're sort of saying about um, tabs just makes me wonder as well if tabs make things seem a little bit more difficult than they actually are sometimes because there's all these numbers and lines and things like that and you have to work it out and it's you have to make sense of the numbers before you then make sense of the music. <coughs> I'm, I'm going to call yeah. to mind, I'm, I'm, forgive me if I brought this up before, um, sorry folks of a younger generation, I'm ancient so I remember the 80s. <laughs> there used to be a fantastic English comedy show called Last Smith and Jones. Yeah. And there was this, this one little... Um, Sketch when they're in prison. Oh, with the dots. No, they've they got they've got this. They, they have a discussion these two prisoners. I'm sure it was Smith and Jones about like finding how to play something from a book, like figuring yeah. out the tab and everything. And they're saying, you know, we would have a really good case, like for a, you know, for a judge, you know, to, to kind of like put all those bookmakers out of business or whatever. Because oh, like, it never sounds the same as a record when we've got the book. Yeah. You know, and every, everyone... And then the everyone, judge calls loads of famous people. That's don't right. Yeah. There's Gary Moore. Yeah. There's, there's, Clapton. Um, Clapton. Clapton, Gilmore. I mean... Billy Gibbons, maybe. Billy Gibbons. Did he come um, up? No, Lemmy, that was it. Lemmy, Lemmy, yeah. Martin Offer was the other. Oh, I don't know the dots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've got the little boxes with the, you know... The, <laughs> oh, they can't play their own tunes. Yeah, you yeah. Know. There you go, yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. There, there is that thing when, you know, sometimes with tab and stuff like that, you can look at it, it doesn't give you the rhythm. Yeah, not, le- not unless you've got that bit above. It yeah. relies on you to know the song. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You know, and most of us, if we're brutally honest, the whole point is that we're, we're looking at tab because we know the song. Yeah. You know, you need, you need the song running side by side. So that's first tip one, actually, of today is if you are going to use a tab, because we're all pushed sometimes, I had to learn a set very recently for a couple of gigs at the weekend, and I've got another one with the same band on Friday, and they drop tune, and then they fiddle about with keys. Fiddlers. Wow. <laughs> Why would you do that? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, the guy's got a low voice, so that's how he has to go about it, you know. Um, and it creates his own set of problems, because some okay. things are in the original key, but drop tuned. Yeah. Some things are drop tuned and not in the original key. And, you know, to get a set of 25 songs together when you don't really know these songs, it's not, like, easy. Yeah, it's time-consuming. It is very very Mm time-consuming. And so, you know, using a tab for the odd bit where you think, oh, you know, I could sit here and work it out, but I'm going to waste 15 minutes when really I need it now because I need to get on with the next song. I don't have four hours to work on this set. Yeah. You know, this set has to be kind of like wrapped up and done so I can go and gig it. Yep. You know, I know these songs, but I don't know these songs. Yeah. And, you know, that's tip one when you're working stuff out of a tab. Have the music to hand. 
have the music to hand. You know, you'd have the music to hand if you were trying to do it mm. like we're doing here or we're doing it by ear. Yeah. Have the music to hand if you've got the tab. I was teaching someone earlier today and he was um, looking at the first solo from Master of Puppets. Oh, yeah. yeah. By Metallica. And it's the James Hetfield solo. It's quite melodic. And it's got the bit before it. When you hear it, it's all in guitar. It's a layered guitar harmony, him and Kurt Hammett. Yeah. And it sounds pretty kind of like set but awkward. Yeah. Like, where do I start with that? Mm, okay, yeah. I, I, but when you see, see the tab and start to unpick it, it's quite easy. Yeah. So sometimes having really the music there to listen to and the tab there to look at, if you're going to do it that way. Popping you up almost. Yeah. yeah. But use your ears as well. Yeah. If you hear something in the tab that's not right or doesn't coincide, you know, don't go there. So that's tip one. Before we get on to this tip two, I remember, I remember a few times, but there's one time in particular, I can't remember what student it was, but they wanted to learn something. In fact, it used to happen quite a lot in the early days because this is before I had a phone. I mean, that's how old I am. Because before <laughs> I had a phone, they had one. What, like a... Plug-in phone. Yeah. Is there a wall socket for BT anyway? Stop, stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but I used to have a mobile phone and you couldn't have songs in it or anything, you know, like they used to be, you know. Yeah. Just, it is a phone yeah. with the snake game on it. And that's if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pictures don't be silly. <laughs> um, now our mobile phone probably pack more punch than computers from 20 yeah. years ago. But... At the time, I didn't have music on there. So when I used to go around and do a house call on someone, it would be like, what do you want to learn? I want to learn that. Great. Do you have the song on CD? Do you have your song on your computer? Yeah. They had to have some kind of hard copy of the song or access to it, Yeah, YouTube or whatever, for me to be able to work it out. Yeah. Now, what people don't understand is that your ears can only pick up and deal with so much at a time. So this is the other tip. When you're trying to transcribe something, do it in small chunks. There's a really amazing Pete Thorne video where he talks about this. And mm. it's nice when you see somebody who you, you know, actually you trust and value his, you know, opinion. You know, I, I, yeah, it's reassuring I, that, you know, that you're, you're on the right track. Yeah. And I do trust Pete Thorne's opinion. Um, and he said, everything you do, he said, it's got to be in small chunks. Yeah. Because then your ear has enough time to kind of figure it out. Now, a small chunk is dependent on a number of things. If it's a fast run, it might be, let's get the first three notes down. Yeah. You know, if it's a slow solo, it might be, let's get the first bar down. Yeah. It really depends. But by small chunks, I mean, you keep reducing the amount that you're listening to and working out and writing down until you can actually hear it and pick it up. Yeah, okay. And then play it back. People think it's slow because they look at the music and like only 20 seconds has gone by. Yeah. Trust me, you won't pick up anything by running a track. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, you know, thinking that you're going to be able to figure it out. You're not. And this is what people used to do to me. Hey, that's a track. It's like... You, yeah. I'm not bad at working stuff out, but I'm not some kind of mastermind. You know, I was like, well, I, I only cope with so much. <laughs> I, I remember the person I, 
I was, you know, when I was 16, 17, listening to the music and I just had no idea where to start. Mm. You know, just nothing to grip hold of. That's, that's a hard place to be, but you listen to the it same is. music that you were listening to back then now mm. and stuff that sounded complicated no longer sounds as complicated. And you're picking up much more layers and harmonies and things, you know, it's... I remember when I worked in a music shop when I was about 17 and the guy who I worked with I was listening to a load of hair metal crap, and he said, you know, ain't wrong with hair metal. I was 17, <laughs> shut up, when we were Just been to download, thank tonight. you very much, Joel Hookstra, and, uh, awesome and uh, all, all the rest, yeah, Red Beachy. Red Beach, yes. Oh, lovely. Um, Phil Collin, who's good. Well, Phil Collin is actually an underrated player, as yeah, they go. He's great. Yeah, watching him go from 16th to 32nd dates occasionally. You see Viv Cam as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Campbell. <laughs> yeah, it was all it was fantastic. Anyway, sorry. Rocking. We digress. Yeah, <laughs> where were we? Um, Remember in the 80s? Yes. Mm, about listening to music and then listening with uh, better ears. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So I worked in a music shop in the very early 90s, 1991. And I was listening to all this hair metal stuff, and the guy I worked with, he said, listen to this. And he put on some John McLaughlin. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And he said, listen to the instruments individually. And I did. And when you did, it made sense. You listen to what the bass player's doing. He's locked into his own groove. Mm. So is the drummer. So is the guitar player. They are playing together. There is a chemistry going on. There is a tie-up. Yeah. But you really have to listen to it. And once you've listened to music like that, and once I learned that lesson, I listened to every song that way. And it's really hard to go back. Yeah. The thing that people don't realise sometimes, or they, they just don't have an appreciation of it, it's not their fault, is that when a song is mixed for you know public consumption, mm. we're listening to the song as a whole. Yeah. As we rightly should. So... You know, okay, it might have a nice bit of guitar work or a crazy drum feel that we've got here, but it's it's mixed so we hear it as a whole. Yeah. But actually, the ability to listen individually to what each instrument does is quite liberating for a musician because you hear what's going on, you know, you really hear it. Yeah. And, you know, especially when you listen on headphones where you can really hear the detail. Yeah, you know, and almost like mentally try and block other instruments out. That would be my other thing that I would suggest. My other top tip is is try and listen to some songs this way. You know, actively almost. Yeah, yeah, like actually go right. I'm going to listen to the song. I'm just going to listen to the bass. Yeah, I just want to hear what the drummer's doing. Yeah, and it's amazing. It's like peripheral vision. Yeah. It's surprising what you can pick up in your peripheral vision if you dial into it. Yeah, and it's the same sort of thing with with that kind of hearing when you're trying to sort of separate out instruments. Because at the end of the day, we play guitar. So, what instrument do we want to separate out? Yeah, we spend all our time listening to yeah, it in the we? nicest possible way. I don't care what the vocalist is singing. I mean, I do, of course, I do, but I don't when I'm working out my guitar part. Yeah. You know, if he wants his blinkers to, on almost, isn't it? Because yeah. you've got a job to do. So I have. You know, so, you know if if, if yeah. he wants me to play it like the record, I need to look at the guitar part. Yeah. You know. So sorry if the we haven't gone to playing it. So the other thing I would suggest is 
checking out live videos. Yeah. And the reason for this is, for one, you can actually physically see what someone's doing. Yeah. It takes away some of the mystique, but actually when you're trying to learn stuff, you need the veil lifted. Yeah. So look at not just one live video, but several live videos. Sometimes there are some people who are very good at teaching stuff on YouTube. Yeah. You know, and the lick that you thought went a certain way might not be going a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, it might be something that sounds kind of like it. So, in summary, in terms of like before we get on to working stuff out and showing you this in practice, when it comes to trying to transcribe your own things, number one, don't ask too much of yourself to begin with. If you're fledgling at doing this, pick something simple. Yeah. Don't think you, you know, it's pointless going, oh, I'm going to transcribe. Flight of the Bumblebee in all 12 keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my whole life ahead of me. I've got nothing better to do. Yeah. I don't really want to go and get a job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pick something sensible. I've often said to people, yeah. pick an Oasis tune. Yeah. You know, what, you know, listen for the chords. You know, try and work out chords. Can you work them out? Yeah. So with chords, you start with bass notes or something like that, or with a note you can hear is in the chord and then build the other Good notes around it. Yeah. So start with something that's realistic. Yeah. We're starting with the solo at the end of Bag that companies feel like making love. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Some nice little licks in there though. That's that it. Bit, yeah. Number two, when you are working stuff out, don't set yourself an infeasible task of trying to do too much in one bite. Yeah. Small chunks. Okay. What yeah. a small chunk is to you is what it is to you. It might be one note. It might be four notes. Mm. You know, but, but don't move on until you got it. Type thing. That's yeah, it. Yeah. You know, if you know your ears can only hear so much. Yeah. In one hit, so you know. Number three, when you've written out the small chunks, you need to then learn how to play it. You're not done yet. Yeah. You know, so there'll be a bit of playing along the way. But you then need to stitch it all together. Yeah. This is part of the process of learning it. Even if you're sitting there with an actual tab, you need to actually learn the, the piece. So this is on to now the next thing. I think it's number four. Yeah. If you are trying to transcribe, you obviously need the track. But even if you're relying on tab, don't rely too heavily on your memory. You will need to commit things to memory in time, but your memory can become very, very addled with a new tune. Mm. And you don't really always know what's there and what's not there. You need to hear it for yourself. Yeah. See it written down for yourself and check one against the other. Yep. Okay. Tab is like a checklist. Yeah. You are playing what's in the tab. Does it tally up with what's on the record? Yep. Okay. Number five. You are now an active listener who is a musician. Yeah. Not somebody who is just listening to tracks. Sorry to say that you will never hear a track the same after you've done this. <laughs> and you do have to kind of put on your musician's hat for working things out and put on the listener's hat for listening. Yeah. Because you need to focus on different instruments. Try it. It's a great exercise mentally. Focus on each individual instrument. Focus on the vocal. What do yeah. you hear? Are you now hearing more than you heard before? 
you know, can you hear anything else going on in the background of the track? Focus on the drums, focus on the bass, but one thing at a time. Yeah, okay. Until you can kind of break it down, get used to getting that hearing in, you know, because it's like a snooker player getting his eye in on the ball. Hmm. You know, getting that hearing in touch with what's going on, really listening, not just listening, but really listening. There are those things to like latch on to as well, aren't there? Like the kind of structuring, like for the bad company one. Mm. You know, you've got to know that it's three times before the fourth time. It's a, it's a different set of chords on the yeah. way down. And I mean, so- structuring, I find easiest with structuring is writing out like a, a kind of a chord chart cheat sheet. Yeah. And that then gives me, it kind of actually ends up with a bit of a mental picture of what is what, where it is in the yeah. song. And it's like verse one and then it's a pre-chorus and then a chorus and verse two and... And so on into these bridges. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. So that's how I work, and then I put all Mm. the the fancy stuff around it. Cool. So let's, without further ado, sorry if that was boring the pants. No, I think to be said, ace and important stuff. So wind it back, listen to it again, and we'll see you in a minute. (laughs) So what we're gonna what we're gonna gonna do is we're gonna listen to this track, and we're gonna lift some of the licks from it. Now I'm gonna say at this point as well. I think the more you know about music, yeah, actually helps you with transcribing. Okay, I'll tell you why. Because I know there's a lot of guitarists out there who want to sidestep the theory, you know, the theory and the scale playing and all that kind of stuff and the technique. It's not the end in itself; it's a tool. Yeah, and you know, what plumber do you know who goes out with a hammer? And nothing else, and go, yeah, I'll just do every job of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No yeah. one would do that. <laughs> no, no one in no. any other kind of situation would do that. It's completely ridiculous. Yeah, guitarists will. Yeah. Guitarists, more than any other in- instrumentalist, even more than bass players, yeah. will go and go, oh, well, I don't really need to know the theory, I just play, really. Yeah. That is your plumber going out with a hammer and nothing else. It's <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. So, so true. Yeah, so and true. The, at the end of the day, it helps to know even a little bit of theory goes a long way. I've said this a million times. and Because you, you need to know what are the sounds that I'm hearing on the record. Just think about that plumber getting into certain situations where you need like a fiddly job and he's just hitting it with a hammer and <laughs> water everywhere. And, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. It's a good analogy. I should have bought my plunder. <laughs> but I've got a hammer, it's fine. <laughs> Smashing the sink out. Well, you, you know, it's that, yeah, kind of, got, yeah. that kind of thing that, you know, you you want as many tools in the toolbox as possible, you know, so that when you do hit, and, and understand how to use them, so when yeah. you do hear something that's maybe in a different mode, if you're playing a lot of metal and stuff like that, or you're playing maybe sort of world music and things, you know, you may well come up against different modes and things like that. Do you recognise that mode? Yeah. Because all of a sudden your root note is going to then blossom into a whole bunch of different notes from what you expect, which fall yeah. outside of the normal major and minor. Yeah, nice. Now we've chosen something that basically is pentatonically based. Yeah, yeah, D. The old platonic pentatonic. So, <laughs> yeah, let's roll the first bit, shall we, and yeah. see what we can pick up. Uh, you know how to use your... Phone better than me. Don't oh, yes. Your yeah, yeah. old password. Password. Don't make your password password. <laughs> so, there you go. Great. Okay. 
I think we're roughly somewhere near the end, aren't we? Somewhere around here. There's a few little licks, I think, over this end bit. Right, stop there. Okay. Right, so I've heard this lick a few times. We are in the key of D. So getting that measure by maybe playing along with the chords. Yeah, quite yep. an easy lick. C to D power chord, followed by C and then G. Or G with B in the bass. Yeah. So that really leads us to, in this case, a very minor pentatonic sound. So we're in the key of D. And the first lick, I can hear it already. I've heard yeah. this lick loads. Ah, nice. So let's play that lick again on there and have another listen. Yeah. I've gone way too far. No, I right. And there it was. Right. So the first one. Yeah. Okay, now let's have a listen to the second one because my mind has already forgotten it. Now this is a key point, right? I don't know this song yep. inside out. Yep, exactly. Because I don't know this song inside out, because I probably wouldn't bother with you know don't do whatever yeah. over the end I mean unless someone really really wanted it like the record yeah fairly kind of traditional blues licks really yeah um I'm really I'm, I don't know how these licks sound so I, I need a couple of listens yeah and now you notice it the first one was just three notes and yeah. I said stop yeah because by the time your mind has heard it listened yeah. to it absorbed it and then figured it out yeah. That'll be on to the next lick. Well, that's no good. I need to commit this to memory. Yeah. So let's have a listen to the shape of lick two. Probably be to lick one first. Bit of delay. Okay. That's got delay on it, hasn't it? Oh, that's a big old it has. <laughs> So we're starting at the 13th for the second lick, and we're totally in minor pentatonic territory. So we bend to the 13, that's it. Should I, be, I should write this down, shouldn't I? But you should, you I? should. Well, you could. <laughs> you might not even need to. Yeah. I mean, it depends. It's good to write it down in as much as... I could do that at home as well. Or you could yeah. do it at home. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget, I've got to listen back to this, so I'll probably get it then. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, where I say a little bit of theory is useful to you, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that everybody bury their face in books for the next 20 years. Yeah. If you want to, that's cool. Yeah, cool. But, 
it's the ability of knowing when you hear something. You know, music is a sound. It's a bit like a bit like a colour. When you look at red, how do you know it's red? Yeah, just by other things being red, I guess. Right. Yeah. And also society has told yeah. you yeah, yeah. London buses are red, tomatoes are red. Yeah. And you've learned that that's red. That's that colour. Yeah. Learning the different sounds of music isn't too different, really. They have their own thing going on, and you've heard the sounds before, just like when you've seen colours before. Yeah. And you hear it, and it's like seeing a colour. You go, oh, yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. of course, if you don't know any better, yeah, it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. But when you know, you know. You have something to latch on to, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, let's, without further ado, hit it with lick three. Same thing. Right, so there's oh, a bit same more thing going with, on. Uh, there's a bit more going on, yeah. So, let's rewind that a bit. Right, so we have a repeat of the lick that we had to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. And then something else. Oh, we're right back to the beginning, sorry. That's right. Let it roll. Right. Right. He's getting a bit lost in the mix as well there, isn't he? <laughs> so, this, this is where we need to drop the phone. <laughs> yeah. Right, this okay. is a prime example of what I'm talking about when I say you can become a little bombarded yeah. by listening to a bigger chunk. Yeah. Right, because you, your brain's still listening for the next bit and trying to compute, you know? So... So now I'm listening to small bits. So the first bit. So you've got the, the lick you started with. Down an octave. No, starts, oh, yeah. starts normal close. Notice as well that I frequently rewind back before. Yeah, listen to it again. Well, also, it gives your ears a chance to kind of dial into it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a bit like, oh, what's you just want, happened? You want to hear where where you have to start the licks off as well, don't you? Uh, yeah. yeah. And like the second listen, I was hearing the delay. Delay popping in at the end, I yeah. heard that before, but I hadn't noticed it again. I've forgotten about that. It's there. <laughs> So, 
one of that lick. Part two. Pretty much. Yeah. You can also hear that it's more than likely a Les Paul. Yeah. It's that big cream. I have one here. I don't mean yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't make it. Really. Very nice it is. There's two. You can, it's just been set up, hasn't it? Has been set up. <laughs> you can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can hear it a yeah. mile off. What's, what's my best? I mean, I've gone neck pickup. Neck pickup. Roofiness type thing. Balls out on the uh, volume there all yeah. the way. Yeah, trouble is I'm going to be uh, blasting over everything right then. Oh, that's not too bad. That's more <laughs> Okay. Okay. Now you noticed I pretty much broke it down into three bits. Yeah. We're chunking. We are chunking. <laughs> nice. Chunking. Cool. Grady would say. It's <laughs> good. <laughs> out there we're getting a lot of shout outs here we, we, we love Troy Grady he's great man boss send us some loop pedals Troy Grady send us some love <laughs> Troy, Troy Grady though undou- undoubtedly American to the bone yeah, oh absolutely in yeah. his delivery he's yeah. very excited isn't he he's he, oh he's so I enthusiastic he's the numbers of notes on strings and I put my pickle through the strings like a knife white butter and he's got some great videos, doesn't he? He's an awesome yeah. player, actually. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's a guy who deserves a, a few more accolades. I yeah, think. I player. think so. Yeah. Um, so, so, if you're listening, Troy, keep going with the good stuff. We love it. Pick slanting, etc. So that's. A prime example of breaking something down into yeah. chunks because you just won't catch all of it otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And usually, think of the way we learn licks and put them together. We tend to kind of place this lick with this lick and bolt it all together. Yeah. It's just the way we, we generally kind of think as guitar yeah. players. And probably, you know, if you're, if you're improvising or if you're a pianist who's improvising or whatever, that's also the way you're likely to do it. You know, pianist, pianist, yeah, one of those. <laughs> um, you know, you you put this bit with this bit and this bit with this bit. Gotcha. Yeah. If you, if you're not sort of playing a, a straightforward melody solo, you know, if you're if you're improving, that's quite likely the case. You know, we, when we teach someone something, we teach somebody in chunks. Yeah. You know, yeah. if I was. Saying to Gary, you do this, then this, then this, then this, then this. Now your turn. Away so, yeah. you go. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not going to happen, is yeah. it? Yeah. No, that's right. You've more chance of playing than two. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so you, you, you're far better off, you know, think of when you're teaching yourself, yeah. how you would teach somebody else. Imagine yeah. you're speaking to somebody who's never played these licks before, who doesn't know what the starting point is. 
Yeah. You have to break them down. Yeah. And That's probably right. offer them up a little theory to go with it. So yeah, like, cool. Like I did with Gary. I said, it's, it's the minor pentatonic scale in the key of D. That's really where we're at with this. That at least gives you the fingerboard positions. Now, this goes back to my thing about theory. This then starts to give you the fingerboard positions that work. Yeah. And things like that. Yeah, because then you'd know that you've got this sort of shape down here, wouldn't you? And, uh, yeah. I mean, like, for example... We're moving I'm to the second position a bit here. Talking well. of the gigs that I did at the weekend on a couple of the gigs, so I had to prep for them, and I did the best I could, but I didn't have an awful lot of time. So it wasn't going to be a case of solos exactly like the record but it yeah. was going to be a case of solos in the right key yeah yeah so yeah. when you're playing a cheesy tune like breakfast at tiffany's for example which is g a and d we know that's in the key of d yeah so at least we're going to stick to the key of d yeah at least we're playing notes which can fit with the chords yeah and it all kind of fits together even if it's not the exact thing that was played on the record yeah and that's you know that can also get you out of quite a few it's all wise sort, of, sort of tricky situations. Yeah. You know, because if you just know the solo, what happens when that solo goes wrong? Mm. Oh dear. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I was oh, wondering now. Lordy Christ alive. <laughs> then what? So, moving onwards and upwards. Right. Not a difficulty. <laughs> Yep, it's tough, on it? Next. Yep. <laughs> you can hear his delay on there as well. This is... Here's a little interesting, well, I think it's interesting. It's probably not, it's probably going to bore them to tears, isn't it? I doubt it. They're crying, listen. <laughs> they love all this. <laughs> yeah. Years ago, when I was a little girl, when I, when I, played, the, when I played in the school band... And we had music for, that was arranged for the school band, for a big band. In the text, by the music, was often little directions for the guitar player. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Little things like, you know, I mean, I remember one one time we were doing the Eve of the War from War of the Worlds. Oh, yeah. And it sort of said, you know, use flanging effect. Guitar add distortion pedal. Yeah, nice. All of that stuff. Very helpful. Was, <laughs> it is very helpful. Yeah. And this is the thing is actually, as part of the listening, recognizing different effects. Yeah. Because they they can indeed cloud what's going on underneath. Yeah. And listening to different you know, different guitar parts, not just the part, but the effect as well. Yeah. You know, when I was working in a wedding band, I was it's sorry, I'm creaking like video here. When I was working in a wedding band, I was expected to get, understandably, everything together. Yeah. So I'm going to have to get a sound that's as close to the record as I can get with my gear. Yeah. So anything that needs a special delay, like if I, when we ever we did something like when the, you know, if the streets have no name and stuff mm. like that, you, know, you need the, the dual delay. Um, we were playing fairly recently when I depth in that band. We were playing um, Shut Up and Dance. Mm. So you need the delay at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a very specific delay time. Um, yeah, and also recognising the different effects as well. Yeah. You know, so if I'm playing 50s rock and roll, I might use like a slap back delay type effect. If I'm playing something that's 70s and spacious, I might use a phaser. Yeah. You know, chorus is a very 80s effect. Um, tremolo, a bit more of a 50s 
60s effects. Yeah. So knowing your effects as well, that goes hand in hand with kind of getting the right sound for something, if, if you especially if you are called on to be a dep. Yeah. And that's all part of working it out. Yeah. Yeah, fair you point. You know, I Very mean, fair point, yeah. so, say I've got up there, I know this is an extreme example, but say I went to do a gig, and I know they play Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. Now, as we all know, for Sweet Child of Mine, you want a nice sort of British kind of overdrive. Yeah. Not overly gainy, but enough juice on tap. It's a neck pickup, folks. Don't play it on a British pickup. Yeah. It's just failed. It's one of my pet hates. Yeah. Especially when people have got a strat or a teddy and they play on the bridge pickup. Go <laughs> yeah, yeah, do yeah. it to yourself or to me or to yeah. anyone else. It's just bullying and stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a bit wrong. It's failed. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, you know that's that's how what the setup is. It's a Les Paul, it's a neck pickup, it's kind of British style mm. kind of drive. That's the sound. Yeah. Not oh, you know, the bit of reverb add a smidgen of delay if you want to give it a bit more atmosphere. That's the sound of, you know, the main riff in Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. If I turn up and play it through a clean sound, using a Telecaster bridge pickup, ah. with a slapback delay, yes. I do it's know the nerves. It's, it's, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And this is what I'm saying, is it's, it's all part and parcel yeah. of, of working stuff out. It's also working things like that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, you know, if you have got to deliver the song, unless you're doing a completely different thing, your own take on it, yeah. you're at least giving the song some authenticity. Yeah. So it's at least coming across sort of like it needs to. Like you yeah. may recall at yesterday's gig, although I'm not Tom Petty and I don't own a Rickenbacker, the closest sound I've got to that jingle jangle is the sort of in-between setting on my sur, which gives me like the middle setting on the telly. Yeah. Which gives that slightly spiky, kind of like chimey sound. And so for the main riff, which actually could well have been played on the telecaster, in Running Down a Dream, I used the telecaster setting. Yeah. It was only when we go into solo that I kind of stepped it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, when I went to do Purple Rain, you know, I used a bright, chimey, clean sound. Yeah. And... This is what I'm. This is what I'm saying. You know, it's part and parcel of figuring out the your, song. Is figuring out that in that thing. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's true. We digress. So that was that easy. Thing. That was just two notes, Ben, wasn't it? With a delay. <laughs> Do you think it could have been a delay? No, it wasn't, was it? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You will you will find when you're working stuff out, it could be really interesting in as much as the more stuff you work out, the more you realise the way different players' minds work. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm you know. hoping to gain from it. Really, is like you know, it's a pentatonicy thing, mm. but it's quite it's quite interesting, like diving um, in, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like last summer, as you know, I, I set about trying to learn the intro to um, Cliffs of Dover. Oh yeah, and it yeah. was really interesting because the way Eric Johnson applied 
his pentatonic knowledge to things and the way he would throw in the odd ninth. extra notes, like the ninth, yeah, yeah and um, what else was it? The, the flat six, the minor sixth, he threw, yeah. threw in as well. Yeah. C over E minor, you know, which falls again outside of the pentatonic. Mm. It was it was really interesting, kind of like where he chose to play things. Yeah, in positions that most of us wouldn't normally choose to play them. Some of it was fairly regular, but there was plenty of stuff that was quite irregular, and the amount of economy picking he used mm. was quite amazing. So you know, this is the other thing you can learn by working stuff out. Mm. either with a tab or by yourself yeah you know because something like that is quite complex I think you might need you know we all need sometimes a helping hand to work certain things out and I didn't want to kind of like yeah something like that is quite tough to work out yeah oh yeah you know yeah oh very much yeah. you know so you can learn quite a lot of stuff by looking at the way other people play yeah you know a few months ago I was showing someone Gary Moore's After the War solo and he does a very strange thing, although it's in the key of D minor. He starts in D minor, and then he reverts to C minor for the change to C, which would normally be a major chord. And where mm. he's playing over a power chord, he decides to play like a, a C minor. Yeah. Or might even be C Dorian over it. Yeah. Which is, is, has very a real, quite a, an interesting effect on, on everything, because it really yanks it into a place that you weren't expecting it to go in. Yeah. And then when he goes to the final chord, the B flat, he and then it starts descending down from there. He kind of takes it back to to normality again. Yeah. But that sort of lack of the major or minorness in the second chord meant that he could like take it somewhere completely new. Yeah. Now, had I never bothered looking at that solo, I wouldn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And also, if I didn't have any theory, I'd just go, well, those are the notes, don't I? Yeah. But because I do understand my theory. what the theory, says. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, find yeah. a quid for it. Oh, yeah, but the trap shows version. The tab sounds like a pony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shanksy's pony. <laughs> right. Onwards and onwards. Right. <laughs> Right, same lick, same, yeah, same down. lick, yeah. Very, very, 
that kind of thing, yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Horns? Yeah. Blues no one. Same. More of the same, yeah, yeah. I mean, it really, we, I would say with some songs, my my honest opinion as well with songs in terms of like where you want to go with the solo. Yeah. And this is another, I think, another learning point. Yeah. yeah. If you want to learn stuff exactly like the record, there's no harm in that. Yeah. There's, you know, you're not hurting anybody, are you? No, no. You're not trembling on anyone's toes. I kind of don't really, but I also want to have a few little phrases that might make yeah might sound similar well I yeah. feel there's there's several different kinds of solo in my mind okay this is the way I see it um I don't know if anyone else will resonate with this send us I'm a sure message and let us know yeah. <laughs> I feel there's several kinds of solo there's the solo that damned you if you mess with it yeah this, the, the, this makes know. the song. Usually, it's like the, the set of solos where you listen to it and you can tell the person's not freewheeling. This is an integral part of the song. Yeah. And if you mess with it, it's like you're missing out an integral part of the tune. Mm. So, Brian May solos, not to be messed with, generally speaking. Yeah. You know, you could do better on Bohemian Rhapsody. Please be my guest. Yeah. But, you know, that <laughs> man has sat down toyed with the numbers, worked out what sounds best, and it's hard to disagree with his choices. Yeah. You know, Brian May looks at the solo as a window in a song. It's a song within a song for him. It's its own little thing, its own little composition. And you can tell that he works as hard on that as everyone else does on all the rest of the their mm. parts in the mm. song. Mm. You know, it's, it's not just thrown together. It's not just improvised. Yeah. You know, it's its own composition. Yeah. And one must learn to recognise when something is like that. Or a solo that was a... Maybe a solo that has become an absolute classic, mm. even if it was partially improvised. Yeah. So that's the other kind of solo, where it's definitely got Switch a slightly... Switch mind type thing. Um, I don't know how much of that was contrived and how much wasn't. It's hard to tell without talking to the man himself. Yeah. Um... One that comes to mind is Steve Lucas, the solo from Rosanna, um, yeah. which people claim... Yeah. He wrote on the spot. Well, <laughs> pe- people people claim, people claim, so they say, <laughs> um, back in the 80s, of course, the boys of Toto were, were known for a, a little bit of powdering of their nose. Yeah. And he, he was in the studio recording it, and a large chunk of coke had fallen out of his nose. So he picked it up off the floor and stuffed it back in there just as the tape was rolling and managed to get his guitar moving and <laughs> played the solo just on time. Can imagine. That's what legend has to how he was a party animal. Yeah. So you listen to that though, it's still a classic solo. It's still the only solo that belongs with Rosanna. Yeah, yeah. You know, the outro solo, do what you like. Yeah. You know, so there's there are two kinds of solos. The other kind of solo 
is the one where there's definitely licks that you want to get in there. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be exactly like the record. Mm. But there are some solos where you've got definite licks which really have got to be... Like Clapton's Cocaine, for instance. That kind of... uh... That kind of thing. You see, with Clapton's Cocaine, I would probably do something sort of in the style of... Because when you listen to the record, he's recorded two solos, which or two guitars, are kind of dovetail into one another. Right. Okay. Okay. I'd have to listen. I mean, to you've, it got, again. you've got you've got obviously the you've got the first bit out here, the old chord bit. But after that, when it goes to the actual solo, it's like two guitars that kind of mesh together. And yeah. cross over one another so you can do it almost like a question and answer and you know it's quite it's got quite a rolling feel with it you know it's got that oh I'm thinking of that bit right at the beginning that kind of that kind of like that yeah something like that you can kind of do sort of in the style of yeah <clears throat> I suppose yeah 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 okay gotcha yeah but you know you get you get some solos where maybe there's I mean one that comes to one that comes to mind is comfortably numb yeah so in comfortably numb you've got the intro to that solo you know. <laughs> First, you know. Or whatever. You want to play that, don't you? You want that bit to be in there. Yeah, because yeah. that's a good intro. And then you've got the other bit. Mm. That, which again is like a bit of a signature lick. Or the wall, for example, you know. You've got to have that intro in there, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. You know, if you want to do all the rest of it, you can. Yeah. But they're certainly the essentials. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, yeah, cool. So you get that kind of solo. The other kind you get is one which is kind of very improvised. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you might get a good improvised solo or you might get a normal good improvised solo. So it really depends. That's on... this one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, this one sounds fine. Quite it's... well improvised, I mean, I think. But Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those ones where you could go a number of different ways. You know, you could go nuts. Yeah. Just my, uh... go crazy. Should I play? play? You could walk around right? <laughs> Yeah. 
nuts. Yeah. Or you could leave gaps. Yeah. So yeah. So to you. With this, it's very improvised. As, as, as you say, if you want to hang your rest of your solo, the rest of your licks on, you know, a handful of kind of things that you've pre-thought about. Yeah. Or that are in the record already. I see no harm in that. That's kind of what I think I'm going to do. Yeah. Just that. We've got that. That kind of thing, haven't we? And then we've got... That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we're giving you a few real world examples of what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. If I was. Press play again. No, no. that's all right. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> um, if I was going out with my band and we were doing a crazy little thing called Love. Yeah. I would play the original solo. <laughs> Sorry, people, that was crap. (laughs) So I would play that solo exactly like that, exactly. Yeah. Much like the record. Comfortably numb, as I say, a couple of licks which you need to put in. Yeah. But other than that, I would do my own thing with it. If I was playing Purple Rain, there's something... You've got to have that phrasing, haven't you, that kind of... Yeah, I mean, with Purple Rain, you know, you could you could even do the vocal line. You sort of stuff in there yeah yeah um you know you and you're, apart from that you've got to do your own thing with it nice so it's really being discerning yeah over it and again this is where your own personality and musicality comes into it because if you have discernment yeah in terms of deciding what's the best thing to do what can you get away with how much of your own style can you shoehorn in there and how much must be like the record hopefully you end up with happy band members and songs which, although they're someone else's, have a splash of your own sort of stuff going on in them. You know, yeah, your own sort of... Totally right, yeah. I, I mean, Al from Full House that I play with always seems to say of certain songs, yeah, he, he sort of saying, yeah, we're going to add our own Full House slant on it, our own Full House yeah. spin. And I think that's a very good idea. Yeah. So we add a little bit of ourselves in there so that people are no doubt, you know... Well, yeah, well, this is us and this is what we're all about. Cool. Thank you. All right, no worries. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar tone. If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website on tunein-toneup.com. 
Here you'll find show notes, tabs and further research and resources. It's also a good place to get in touch. We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do, and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Bye.